Podcast and I'm a fat guy hitting the table. So uh, we are Hot Chocolate Media. We do film, uh, web series, podcasts. Uh, I'm also a member of Fearless, and we're going to make a movie for you based on a random prompt from a random prompt generator on the internet. But I'm surrounded by, by a bunch of industry professionals today. Today we have a writer, Jacob, who is the uh, continuity supervisor on Batman versus Superman. Mm. Yep. We have Don Krasnowski, who's the glitter wrangler on RuPaul's Drag Show. She's you our have director no today. idea how hard that is. <laughs> and of course, we have our producer, Ben, who is uh, most famous uh, for laundering the money for a talking cat. Mm. So Well done on that one, by the way. Mm. Oh, so yeah. Really good work. It looked like a million dollar movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It really, really did. All right, so the theme of this story is a surreal drama. The main character is a spendthrift traveler. The start of the story, journey. The end of the story, failure. Okay, so we have surreal drama, the spendthrift traveler. Uh, beginning of the story is journey. End of the story is... Failure. Failure, okay. So I'm going to start with... Um, a guy we're going to call him John. John is going to go on an adventure traveling across the country. Um, and we're going to get these little glimpses of each of the cities that he's visiting. Um, but it's all going to be from different time periods. So we don't know exactly what's happening or, you know, but he's always the same age. So we're not sure exactly. Is he immortal? Is he like some kind of time traveler? What's going on with this guy's life? He's going to be traveling from city to city to city to city to city to city to city. To city. Um, and he's going to meet a doppelganger of himself um, in each of these cities. And each of them is going to be um, a reflection on his time in that city. So he's going to go to Minneapolis, and he's going to absorb all these different elements of culture there. And he's going to go to Seattle, and he's going to absorb all these different elements of culture there. And he's going to go to Boston and have absorbed all these different elements of culture there. Um, so he's going on this, this eventual journey, and he's trying to figure out which one of these is me, which one of these is real, which one of these is, is the correct version of me. So that's our overall arcing story. Um, and then as we progress towards the end of the movie, he's realizing that none of these people that he had encountered um, are actually him. They're other people that he's projected himself onto. And then as you finally reach the, the end of the story, he has to figure out who he actually is and find a place to stop moving and stay where he is. So that's kind of my overall arc, based on what you've you've described here, okay. um, and I think that's the. Do you the, have uh, a name for this film? Yeah, I'm gonna have to come up with one here, aren't I? Um, that is your job as writer. Yeah, mm. um, I am going to. I'm gonna call this movie "Wash and Spin" because a lot of it is gonna take place inside um, laundromats. <laughs> All right, so Don, our director. You have this script, Wash and Spin, a surreal drama about a man named John. Well, so what's your take on it as director? 
Well, when I first got the script, I thought it was amazing. And so what I decided, though, is right away was that John should be this character that everyone is, you know, easily recognizable, you know? So I made it a Labrador Retriever. <laughs> and the Labrador, he goes to all these towns, because, you know, let's face it, all Labrador Retrievers look alike. And I thought that when he meets other Labradors, he'll like smell their butts and go, oh my God, that smells just like my butt. And you must be me. And so he goes through all these towns and of course, we're gonna get a famous Labrador Retriever. We're getting Rin Tin Tin, the Labrador Retriever. And so he's gonna like go to these towns and he smells all these things. And then he ends up in laundromats because he's thirsty and he's not that smart. So he just drinks out of the washing machines, which isn't really intelligent when you think about how much stuff is in them, like chemicals. Which is why he thinks he goes to all these towns. And then once he finally like, thinks he's going to all these towns, then he finally wakes up at the end and he's like, oh my God, I never left anywhere. And my life is only a sad, you know, 10, seven years long. And so he actually dies at the end. Because if you really want a good movie, you have to have the dog die. That's the end of the story. Do you want to cast any humans in your film? Oh my God, no, no. Okay. All the humans, oh no, no, because I would totally ruin it. All you're gonna see are ankle shots for the entire um, movie. So it's gonna be dog and ankle shots, that's it. And dog butts. Okay, well, yep. thank you very much. That was from our director, Don. Yes. So now producer, Ben, you have this animal-based script in front of you called Watch and Spin. Uh, you need to give a budget and maybe your own Hollywood influences to make it successful. All right. Well, I just want to make a note first. So when I'm seeing this, I'm kind of seeing two movies. Uh, mm. One movie is about like identity and like the uh, significance of the human condition, who we are, memes, mimetic stuff, and one is about a talking dog. So. <laughs> Um, this is the director, or at least the, the right, and that's why I yeah. love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, though, that some of the themes might be a little too complex for people. Like, um, you know, especially for the demo we're going for. Like, I actually even just read this article. Um, WB execs were saying that for Batman v Superman, they were worried that that movie was too intellectual. So, <laughs> I think that um, really we need to, like. It's, it's great to expect things of audiences, but, you know, people who think about stuff don't watch movies, you know, they read things. So I think um, we definitely need to, simp if we're going with the talking dog angle, we need to simplify the themes. Um, time travel, I mean, I think that uh, if we're doing that, we need to go like, you know, to really wacky time, like, or like, you know, it's like, we're going to Shakespeare time and, you know, like wishbone, you know? And, and like one time would be, you know, just real things that kids think about time periods, like ancient Egypt where, you know, and there'd be like a pharaoh dog or something, or, or maybe a cat, you know, that could be a thing. Cats were big in ancient Egypt. Um, so yeah, I think we, um, Talking dog going to a bunch of wacky time periods. It could be educational. Uh, throw that in there. Um, we could. I'm not. Sh we could definitely make some money. Sh it's showing in schools and stuff. So, I don't know. Um, maybe 
15 million, I could definitely launder, I mean, uh, get people to uh, budget that. But um, I think that'd be really our demo is like elementary schools where, you know, teachers don't want to teach anything. So it's like, hey, watch this movie about time travel and dogs, you kids. Um, I'm a little going off sidetrack there, but I mean, that's kind of where I see, you know, our movie going, um, that kind of style, way lower budget, but... Um, you know, it can be kind of cheesy, you know? Like you have a talking dog movie where he goes through time. Oh, and oh, oh, wait, uh, the dog dying, that wouldn't uh, go well, though, f with focus groups. Uh. Sorry. Um, you could have the dog die, but then he gets better at the very end. I mean, that's... I, I just can't... Don't think I can get you the budget with that kind of ending. You know, people would get sad, and when people get sad, they don't like movies. So that's my spin on it. All right. Uh, we're going to go back to our writer here. So Wash Fix and Spin this. has a budget of $15 million and stars no human. What do you do next? Um, well, I, I do feel like my original vision for this piece has been somewhat altered. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking that uh, we, we do absolutely need a human if we're going to tell this story correctly. Um, I think that John can still John can still exist. Um, we can follow the dog. We can see this movie through the dog's eyes, and I think some people will get really interested in that, um, seeing this different change and seeing these, you know, various different things, um, and that will you know add to the you know surreality of the piece since that was our, um, you know, the original style that we wanted to go for, and I think was expanded upon. Um, I think that at the the end the story should be about the human aspect of it because we want to see another human on screen we want to be part of that journey with them um and i was thinking maybe what we could do is the the dog is just sort of our way into it it's this third person perspective in this little world and at the end the dog was a figment of john's imagination so the dog is is literally our lens looking into this world but the dog has um, is actually not a real dog. We never actually see the dog. We just see, you know, leg shots of John like you're talking about. And then we'll see these different versions of him that he's encountering as he's going through this world trying to figure out, you know, is this me? Is this me? Is this me? No, none of them are me. I have to figure out what I am. I have to figure out who I am. I have to be the person my dog thinks I am. So he's trying to, like, figure out his own identity and build this, you know, perfect version of himself through all of that, that process. <clears throat> um, I was also thinking um, we should probably not do the, the time travel thing. I think it should just be different portraits of John throughout his life. Um, but he's always the same age in each one, just as makes it easier in terms of, you know, makeup and all that junk. I, I don't deal with any of it. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, I think we should see various different versions um, of him trying to figure out what's, what's going to be best. Um, and getting his getting his way back to figuring out who he is. Um, I definitely think that we we also need to um, have a few other people that that he meets. I think John is our, our view into the world, but we need to see you know varying different personalities and other people who can react to John and figure out you know bring bring his bring to his attention the parts of him that are good and the parts of him that are bad. So um, maybe we could have a, you know, a cast of other characters that cycle through. And maybe they age. That would be weird. That would be cool, right? 
So, yeah, that's what I got. What do you guys think? Okay, our director, you have a budget of $15 million. You have a series of rewrites of the script. Where do you go next? Uh, well, it's too bad that I already filmed nine-tenths of this in my basement. <laughs> but considering these changes, okay, I mean, I don't know how I feel about the market changing to the elementary school audience because it's really going to screw up all the sex scenes I've already filmed. Um, not me, the ones I've... Gross, it's a dog. Um, okay, and the fact that the dog talks now is fascinating. I think we're just going to have to get some voice actors involved. Now I need to decide if it's a female or a male dog. I guess I'll get Christina How did Christina you get past Aguilera. that one with the sex scenes? What? No, How did you get past fine. not just... figuring out the gender with the sex scenes? It's doggy Curiosity. style, no one knows. Okay. That's totally okay. That's fair. No. Sure. I mean, it's just, you know, it's all from the angle of the dog anyways, and the dog just goes <laughs> forward all the time, and, you know, it's, it's okay. That all being said... So now I need to figure out how to like make good people age, but not age, and because people obviously hate continuity in the movie world. So I have just decided to make John a Time Lord, and I'm going to be done with that. It's going to be, well, not a Time Lord, because we can't actually technically do that, but he's going to be a Chrono King, and that's how we're going to get around it. Um, and then we're not going to actually have the Labrador anymore. We're just going to have a metal dog, not called canine, but called Woof Woof. <laughs> and that should fix everything for why John and his dog doesn't age. And then that's like, okay, so then the dog can get getting crushed by like a car metal crusher thing. So he kind of dies, but oh my gosh, John already downloaded all of his memories and everything into his super fascinating... Sonic wrench, and and then so he can like just you know drop it into you know the next thing that he finds. So yeah, I can make this work. I can make this work, and for fifteen, yeah, totally, I can make this work, and it's gonna be brilliant, brilliant. Okay, producer Ben, uh, you suddenly have been handed a sci-fi film uh, from the cutting room. Uh, what do you do? How do you market it? Okay, well first. First, um, just as an aside, I find it slightly odd that you thought the time travel was over the top, but um, Time Lord or Time Chrono King. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, just an aside, you know, it's not my job to, like, question decisions. Um, uh, <laughs> actually, actually, that's your basically entire Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. But these were good so decisions. I'm not sure that the demo we we're going for is the right one now. Um, I think <laughs> so. We seemed there is this show called Doctor Who that um, <laughs> is about this time traveler. I don't think he has a metal dog. Um, I'm sure some nerds can write into me and say like, no, he, he totally has like a metal cat or whatever. But uh, I think we can market to discount Doctor Who people, like people who don't get Doctor Who but want to ease into it, or there's too much Doctor Who. They want a better Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this should, I'm thinking, um, you know, we can retool this to be a pilot for a new series. Um, you know, this, this sometimes these kind of things happen. Yeah, they do. Um, 
where it'll be the pilot episode and we see this guy's life um how he started as a chrono king you know just him going through time we just think he's a normal person through most of it except that he has like a metal dog um if you'll call it like a toy like this is like the robo sapien robot dog that all the kids are into these days and um at the very end he can like revive himself or something and regenerate that, yeah maybe? and that's the whole thing wow <laughs> um that's brilliant i think um what we can do to add some intellectualness back into the thing um is we can actually have i like the idea of the dog crushing but what if he wake like gets revived like ten thousand years later or something and they're like this is like downloading his memory and it's like oh this is a story about that guy um i think we need to give him a name john yeah, that, that that was his name. I like that name. That's that was good. the name I gave him oh so long ago. Yes. <laughs> it's actually stayed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's that. Um, I think maybe we should throw in a villain, like a, like Jack, who has like a cat or something who they don't like, <laughs> who occasionally shows up to. <laughs> and like, you know, sort of make a rivalry. Just if we're doing a pilot, you know, we need to have a villain so we they, can bring back. Did they say exterminate? Uh, uh, no, eliminate. Would, eliminate. Yeah, that makes yeah. more sense. Eliminate I think that would be sense. really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm thinking that this is a really good direction. I think this compromises with everyone's artistic vision, and I think this should be good. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone's had their shot at this film. Uh, <laughs> wash and spin. Uh, so now it's my job as mo- uh, as, as moderator to tell you how your movie does i have this machine that, episode that that tells you how it does so so your movie pilot is is universally lambasted it is one of the first movies pilots to get zero on rotten tomatoes because no one even bothers to review it because it's so terrible but it does get a large following on a subreddit that just boosts and lampoons it, making gifts of all of the POV doggy sex. Like um, robo doggy sex. And 20 years later, the young male actor you get to do it whose acting career was ruined by starring this movie becomes a successful independent filmmaker. He creates a documentary called Dr. Why, the movie I should have never signed up for. And he becomes a big success based on this terrible, terrible film. And he ends up, you know, directing, you know, gut-riching documentary after documentary after you ruined his acting career. One question. On Rotten Tomatoes, that's like a ranking, so zero uh, is like really high. It's like we're the zero of the. Yeah. Is that how that works? It's totally if, perfect. If that there makes was, you feel better, yeah. sure. So yeah. now, based on this view into the future, you get to make a change to the movie. Hopefully, if you don't like this future, you can change it. This is your one opportunity. <laughs> so, starting with the writer, how do you fix <laughs> Dr. Y? Yeah, um, you know, I think this went absolutely perfectly. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's a whole ton of changes that I could make, um, you know, that are are really gonna affect this a whole lot because the the vision that was created by by Don and Ben um, was just so complete and so connected that um, it really it just really seems to have cemented our success as you know really exciting up and comer filmmakers. 
Um, I do think that the the doggy sex was the right choice. Initially, having disagreed, um, I do think that doing the knockoff Doctor Who thing was was also a really good choice because um, that that clearly has given us the the success and uh, you know wisdom that we're looking for um, clear, in this none piece. Of you worked in the industry again after yep. this was released. No, I, I understand. Um, and then it's called a magnum opus. Yeah, um, it, it's it's the one and done. It's your perfect piece. And then you've really cemented yourself as uh, a hero of cinema and a, a, a wizard of the craft, as it were. Um, so, and I, I definitely think that, you know, with the, the subreddit following um, and, you know, the, the lambasting and then return to success of our, our main actor, I think that's, um, you know, that's a really interesting way to see how it goes. Um, and then, you know, my, my final change is to just cross out my name on the script and, I don't know, fill, fill it in with David Goyer or something. <laughs> All right, uh, Don, so the writers had his say. What change would you make to this film? You, you know, this is one of the first times the writer and I have ever actually agreed on something. Um, this film was perfect. <laughs> Everything about it was perfect. Except... Pilot. I only wish that the doggy sex would have resulted in doggy puppies. I think that would have appealed to another audience, and that would have really launched the sequel, which is wash and spin and repeat. (laughs) (laughs) But with puppies. Because then we could have seen the world through puppies' eyes, and then John would have, who's never aging, would watch his puppies you know, grow up and die, because I've got a thing about dogs dying, evidently. Um, and I think that would have really created something brand new and fresh that no one in cinema's ever seen before. So if we could have done that, then it would have been 5 million percent perfect. It, right now, it's only like 4 million percent perfect. So, but it's good. It's good. It's good. I'm really proud. Proud. Okay, Ben, producer, now that you're selling Cadillacs in Sheboygan, uh, what change would you make to prevent this uh, fate? Well, um, well, first off, I'm going to hire a scapegoat. But then after that, um, they, they have those in the industry. They're ghost blamers, is what we call them. You know, just say, like, yeah, this was totally my idea. Um, so, so to protect me, now that I'm protected, uh, I'll deal with this garbage film. Um, so, as a, so a couple things I would do. First off, um, viral marketing, okay? Because I want people to see this film. So, um, you know, like, we can have little um, inter- interviews with the characters or, like, you know, a, a, quote, documentary style. I'm doing finger quotes if you're just listening at home. Um, where it's like, man, I saw this guy and that dog walking by. He sure is strange. And it's like, oh, you know, all these people are seeing this guy. What's going on? And you got to see the movie to find out. Well, or, let me know if you need a director for that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be there. Director. You'll be the first person I call. Awesome. Um, just don't call me directly. Uh, I think that if we – I still kind of like the pilot idea. I think that we should at least try to pitch it to Adult Swim. Um, that seems like the kind of thing that they would like. Um, <clears throat> I take everything back. <laughs> uh, your name's that might have. Yes, if yeah. We We're pitching to, it to Adult Swim. I'm all in. If we appeal to that quote audience, um, 
I think we might do it. And then uh, if not, we should accidentally leak it online so we get not only the Reddit view, uh, views, but I don't know, uh, Tumblr? Too gifts? many cooks. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. Okay. All right. So, well, there you have it. So, against all odds, the uh, Hail Mary viral marketing campaign by your producer has saved this show as not only as it got picked up on Adult Swim, it got signed on for seven seasons, <laughs> and you all became incredibly rich by all the Hot Topic product branded with Dr. Y. Dr. I bet y you wish you didn't puppies. take your name off. So there we have it, Dr. Y, once known as Wash and Spin, with our We never changed team. that title. No, that's It's no, still it's Wash and Spin. Still Wash and Spin. The documentary is Dr. Catch y. It this fall. And that was this episode of The Movie Machine. Thank you, guys. And stick around. We're going to do one more with special guest Duck Washington. Thank you, John. Yeah, thank do you. Do you need to pitch anything? Do you want to? Oh, um, my gosh. What can I possibly pitch now? Uh, <laughs> you want to sleep? I'm all pitched out. Um, uh, um, Schrodinger's Apocalypse is going to be opening up in June. That's a fearless comedy production show. It's going to be at Bryant Lake Bowl. It's about three people who think the zombies are out. Well, no, the zombies are out there, but they don't know if the zombies are still out there. And it's them living in a bunker for years together. So it's a comedy. <laughs> Thank you, Don. Go get some sleep. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.